Principle Matters Podcast, episode 190. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principle Matters, the school leaders podcast. Each week, I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about how strong leaders continue running their race during uncertain times. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com. Last week, I was running around my neighborhood. I usually have a three-mile track through the neighborhood where I live and then across by the school. And as I was passing houses and occasional drivers, the roads were just so empty. No buses running to schools, no lines of parents waiting to get into the school driveway. And I, I felt a sudden kinship to the houses that I was running by that I'm not sure I had felt before. You know, I shared the same zip code with hundreds of people, many of whom I know, but many of whom I don't. But now I feel like I share a common experience with them that I haven't felt before. And I bet you feel the same way. As you're driving through your neighborhood or maybe you're out walking or running, there's something that all of us are experiencing right now that's the same. And it's not just in my zip code. It's also across my entire state. It's it's across this entire country and it's across the entire world. And if you think about it, we've only been in this distance learning journey, this COVID-19 crisis for a relatively short time, but it doesn't feel that way to me. If you think back, this worldwide pandemic began in January with a case in China, but none of us had any idea what would happen in the ensuing weeks. By early March, U.S. cases had been reported and Washington state was the first to close schools. And as the virus spread into what the CDC now calls a pandemic, the U.S. schools across the nation began closing and starting distance learning. And in my own state, October 25th marked the announcement from our state department that schools would close for the rest of the year with distance learning plans that began for us April 6th. So even as I'm writing this post, my family and I are now into several weeks of safer at home activity. My children are finishing or beginning their second week of full-time distance learning from their schools. And just like I feel this common bond with the world, I also feel like so many school leaders are sharing common lessons. And one of the advantages that I have in the work that I do as the director for my state principals association, and as the work that I do as a solution tree author and a consultant is I get to connect with leaders here in Oklahoma and across the nation and even internationally And as I've listened to leaders share, there are five things I just want to pull out from those conversations to share with you this week as reminders of ways that you can still be leading during uncertain times during school closures. And then at the end of these five lessons, I want to just share some conversations of principals who I have been able to meet with and as we've recorded some of those conversations, I just want you to hear the voices, the voices of, of several principals just sharing lessons they're learning. So let me just share five quick things that I think you should be remembering this week as you are now a distance learning principal. Number one, relationships still matter now as much as ever. You know, for principals who are in small or large school populations, I'm hearing the same feedback. Reach out to your people. Make sure they know you care about them and their safety and well-being. Above all else, assure your teachers and staff and students that you care and want to be available to help them. 
however you can. If you want to listen back to a couple of episodes before episode 187, Chris Leglider, principal of Leewood Middle School, shares how their school um, is responding in the Blue Valley school system just outside of Kansas, Missouri. And he shared with me how the hardest thing right now for him is staying connected, but that he is still committed to relationships. And he said something really important to me in that conversation. He said, Will, I spent a lot of time calling families one-on-one by phone. I can still write a note and mail it to someone's residence, but I think that connecting relationships is still important. And that's why I'm staying focused on what I can do, not what I can't do. I love that feedback from Chris because he is committed, just like you are, to making sure that above all else, he's staying connected to the people who he's serving. So don't forget, above all else, whatever is happening right now with distance learning, that you are still reaching out and reminding people that you care about them, that you are supporting them, and that their well-being is the most important thing to you. Number two, it still takes a team. Just like great schools function during normal times, you can't accomplish the goals of distance learning without your strong team. So ask for help. Reach out to others when you need feedback. Utilize your teachers and staff for reaching students. When I talk to elementary leaders, I'm hearing them utilizing the power of the classroom teacher who can connect with that group of students whom he or she is assigned to. At the secondary level, a lot of those teachers support sometimes 120 students or more. And so a lot of secondary principals are dividing up their students through their PLC teams or teacher advisory teams, whatever that looks like for you. Make sure that you've got some kind of plan where you're reaching people using your teams. Chris Legrand, who's the principal at Guthrie High School outside of Oklahoma City, told me that he and his assistant principals divided up their entire staff when closures were announced and they called every teacher and staff member just so they could talk to them by phone and remind them that they were supported before they transitioned to distance learning. And now that they're in distance learning, they have more than a thousand students. They've divided up all those kids among their teachers so that every kid's being connected with consistently. Terrence Simmons, who was a guest on my show, I think it was episode 180. Six or 187 from Nye County, Nevada. Their teachers have six kids a day that they contact so that by the end of each week, every kid's still being contacted weekly by their teachers. And of course, in Nye County, Nevada, just like you, uh, their teachers are delivering either distance learning online or through packets for those kids who don't have access. So it takes a team. You can't do it alone. And so don't try. Make sure that you're reaching out to others and asking for help. Number three, Be creative and innovative in reaching your goals, just like you doing during the school year. Do that with distance learning. So whether that's using shared Google Docs to manage your day or sharing calendars with your team or setting a schedule for yourself and others that make sense, try to create some routine, but be creative and innovative in the way that you do that. One of my friends, Kim Cootie, who's the principal of Glenpool High School outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma, told me she's batching all of her Zoom team meetings into one day each week so that she's committing an entire day to touching base with all of her teachers and teams. But the rest of the week, she's focusing on individual outreach and additional planning that's needed for her school. Um, She's also being creative and her staff with school announcements. Uh, They're still doing school announcements every day through social media. They're having a traditional moment of silence, a flag salute, updates to their students. They're finding creative ways for virtual meetups or live stream celebrations. Uh, LaDonna Chancellor, who's the principal of Bartlesville High School in Oklahoma, told me that she last week on Friday night lit the stadium lights of their football stadium because in that small town, it's a beacon for that community. And they made sure on social media that they highlighted that this is just another small way that we're recognizing and celebrating our senior class during our closures. 
So whether you're using social media or phone calls or drive-by visits for distance waving or group Zoom or Google meetups with your school community, stay creative in the ways that you're reaching and staying connected with others because they need you, even in distance learning. Number four, think ahead and plan for what may be next. Um, I was so excited when I talked to Dr. Don Parker, uh, the principal of Posen Intermediate School um, right outside of Chicago. Uh, He was the guest on my show last week when he told me that um, because Chicago has bad weather, they had blizzard packets already created for bad weather and they implemented those immediately, these blizzard folders, so that students could be working while at home. And because his teachers are also trained in e-learning, they can go on their website and update those lessons so that teachers and or that parents and kids can access them uh, from home. Uh, but for those kids that have difficulty with online access, then they've provided some physical packets that they could also access to. I've also talked to principals who are already thinking into the rest of the school year and into next year. They're thinking about their enrollments. They're modifying their enrollment plans. They're already anticipating what school may look like if closures continue into the summer. Um, Eric Harrison, who's the principal of A-plus Arts Academy, an elementary school on the Fair Campus in Columbus, Ohio, told me that he's already training with his teachers on new online application platforms for content sharing. If closures were to continue into next year. He wants them to have a strong LMS training so that they can put as much content online as possible. So his teachers are getting additional PD right now, um, planning ahead. So that may or may not be the boat you're in, but as you are doing the distance learning that you're doing now as a leader, you also have to think a couple of weeks down the road or a month down the road, or maybe even into the summer or into the fall and be asking yourself those questions. What am I planning for in the future that will make it easier for my teachers and students? And then point number five, with all of those things that I just mentioned, give yourself and others lots of grace. Every new opportunity comes with its challenges and stresses and anxieties. And a lot of leaders I'm talking to are putting in a lot of long hours. They're they're meeting with teachers and they're meeting with students, they're meeting with families, and your teachers and students and families are also adjusting to new norms And for those who live in difficult situations, that new norm is overwhelming. And for those who live in stable conditions, that new norm is inconvenient and causes anxiety. So this is a good time to remember that your optimism and empathy and your decisiveness is what's going to help others remain positive. And someday your school community is going to look back at this time and they won't remember um, the policies or procedures as much as they will remember how you supported them and made them feel during this distance learning. So give yourself and others a lot of grace. And let me please encourage you to make sure you're taking time to rest and rejuvenate and unplug when you can. Your teachers and your students don't need you rattled and exhausted. They need you to remain strong. So give yourself grace in the process of leading during these uncertain times. So that's it. Five things. Relationships matter. Teamwork is still required to accomplish goals. Creativity and innovation are still needed to reach your goals. Planning ahead is still important. And throughout it, I'll give yourself and others plenty of grace in this road that you're running. You know, as I wrapped up my run the other morning and I looked at the empty streets and felt this eerie emptiness and this new era of distance learning, I also felt this connection because I know that right now you're out there leading from a distance. You're, you're logging in to connect with your teachers. You're encouraging others through your positivity. You are still setting the tone. Because in uncertain times, you're remaining calm and gracious and patient. 
because you know that you're influencing the emotions of your teachers and your students and your community members by being a leader when things are still uncertain. I love a lesson that Tim Elmore teaches. He's the author of Generation Z and Marching Off the Map. And he says that, remember that timeless principles still apply when using timely practices. So even though we're leading into uncertain times, those five things I just reminded you of are the exact same things that you're always doing when you're leading. Well, I hope that that's helpful. If you'd like other free content like this, you can always check it out at my website at williamdparker.com. If you'd like to check out the mastermind or executive coaching options that I have available, you can reach out to me there as well. As I transition to the rest of this week's podcast, I just want to give a quick shout out to some Oklahoma principals whose voices you're going to be hearing in the next few minutes, just sharing their own experiences. And I hope you can resonate with the experiences that they've had in both successes and challenges in their first days of distance learning. And so you won't hear each of them introduced as they're talking. I'm just going to let their voices speak for themselves. But I did want to give a quick shout out to the following principals whose voices you're going to hear. So thank you to Chris Legrand, principal of Guthrie High School, Greg Willis, principal of Elmore City Purnell High School, Scott Kiker, principal of Collinsville High School, Kim Cootie, principal of Glenpool High School, John Potter, principal of Pryor Middle School, Eric Fox, associate principal of Jinx High School, Renee Dozier, principal of Grove High School, Justin Mann, principal of Del Crest Middle School, Clay McDonald, principal of Yukon Middle School, Kyle Hiltzbrand, principal of Clinton Middle School, Ellen Vinoy, assistant principal of Jinx High School, Jonathan Ashley, principal of Irving Middle School in Norman, Oklahoma, and Randy Biggs, principal of Friedrich High School. Thank you. Thank you, friends, for the experiences that you've been having and leading through uncertain times. And thank you, Principal Matters listeners, for the work that you do, because what you do matters. And I'll talk to you again soon. What you're going to hear first in these Zoom conversations are principals responding to the question, what are some of the successes that you've been experiencing in your first week of distance learning? Followed by some conversations on what obstacles or challenges are leaders still facing in distance learning? I would say the best thing to me or the most exciting thing to me has been the fact that we've required our our teachers to reach out to their students and to make contact and communicate with them. And I know firsthand because I have a daughter in high school and uh, I know her, her softball coach reached out to her the other day, asked her if she'd been working out or pitching or hitting or whatever. But then her teachers have also been reaching out. And I just, had a beautiful story from one of my English teachers. Uh, she sent me an email on Monday and just said that since the we were scheduled to come back there right after spring break, she's been reaching out to all of her teachers, or I'm sorry, all of her students. And what just touched my heart was the fact that she said, you know, I even took my grandson, uh, who's two years old, through the uh, grab-and-go sack lunch line uh, the other day, just for me to see the contents of what was in that sack lunch so that I could actually utilize that and tell my students when I was contacting them and emailing them uh, that these are really good lunches or real nutritional or things that the kids would actually like. So to me, just the fact that our students have been able to be contacted by their teachers during these very trying times and 
it's just been a breath of fresh air to know that uh, that it really makes those kids' days and it really makes them feel important and makes them feel missed. And, and I think the overall theme is the fact that the kids just miss school and being around their friends. What this has turned in for us is the world's greatest professional development opportunity. Uh, I have a lot of teachers that have been here a while that are, are really not comfortable with technology. And we've been trying to, to push it and up our game. And this has caused us to, to really have to up our game. And really, our teachers have embraced it. I've been so proud of the job they've done for us thus far. Uh, we've got about 75% of our kids through Google Classroom right now, and we're still trying to find a way to reach those that don't have access or, or at other places. So that's what's happened so far. Um, I've had teachers reporting that they had Zoom meetings with their students and had about, you know, over 100, about 120 out of 125 uh, getting on for their Zoom, which kind of overwhelmed them or surprised them. They didn't think they'd have that many involved, but uh, the kids were eager to get back to some form of, of normalcy, I guess. Uh, also, our coaches now are helping out with the uh, sack lunch and breakfast handout in the morning. We'll have about four coaches getting out there and uh, have line teachers with signs and everything, the elementary, you know, waving to those kids as they come through. So that's been really awesome. I think with us, um, this is a we're on a trimester. So our kids have only been in their class for three weeks. Um, so that poses a different challenge for us in that these, some of our teachers have only had three weeks to develop relationships with these students. And we're just now getting into the content of that. So our teachers are reaching out, doing Zoom, making personal phone calls to kids if they haven't checked their Google Classroom. And uh, what we're finding are kids are hungry for Zoom meetings, they they want that interaction. And I think our teachers are too. And I think that, you know, what I see is this is a time of year that morale can get a little low and teachers are stressed and it's springtime. And I really see a boost right now of our, of our kids really appreciating the fact that they have school, um, that it's become not a not something that they despise going to or that they have to go to, but they're really missing the schoolhouse and, and our teachers. So it's been a really good week for us. I wanted to say, this is John Potter at Pryor. Um, one advantage that we had seen this week is connection with our parents. You know, sometimes at the middle level or secondary, parents kind of eep off. And um, it's nice to reconnect that and check back in with parents that normally we, we don't get connected with or won't come in for a conference. And now they, it may be because of necessities, but it's helped build relationships between our parents and our staff members. And it also helped us make connections. We have a lot of students that just fly under the radar. You know, they do what they're supposed to do. They kind of skate through and are doing a good job. And this has given us an opportunity to really check in on them and see, you know, what is it like for them outside of just floating through um, our school. And so developing those deeper relationships, both with students, our parents, and um, even our staff together, <laughs> that's pulled together a lot lately. And um, I think a lot of relationship building has been an advantage for all of us at our, our school district. So this is Eric Fox at, at Jinx. And John, I just echo what you said. I was on a meeting with some teachers today and one of them made a very similar comment that, you know, there are, there are students out there that, that normally aren't the first to participate in the classroom discussion or ask a question in front of their friends, but um, because of this format have been 
more active and and so it can seem like more engaged but more confident i guess with this kind of virtual or remote type of opportunity and um had a, a situation with a teacher we're not using zoom um we're using google meet uh with our teachers and so teachers will have a an hour that they're going to be logged into google meet and te- and students can log in and ask questions stuff like that and this teacher's time was up but student stayed on and said hey you know i'm working on this homework and i really wish that I could have somebody around to help me through this homework. I don't really have a question right now, but can I just stay on and work on my homework? And then if I have a question, ask you. And of course, what's the teacher going to say? Yeah, sure. No problem. So they stayed on for another 30 minutes. I think the student only asked maybe one or two more questions, but just kind of sat in the teacher's virtual classroom and did homework and then asked a question. But that connection is meaningful. That just reinforces that um, our teachers are doing things right in the brick and mortar format so that those investments and those relationships are already built, those connections are already built, and those those students feel secure and safe and want that stability of the teacher. So I'd agree with what you said there, John. So something at Grove that we've really noticed happening the last couple of weeks is our support staff truly stepping up and taking leadership roles. Um, I've really seen the support staff volunteering to help hand out devices last week, volunteering to help hand out foods. And so we've created a total volunteer schedule of all support staff, including the paras in the high school, doing different things to help out. And I've seen a renewed energy from my support staff really, really grow and become strong leaders. And so I'm excited to see what will happen when we're all back in the building together with this renewed energy and leadership in our support staff and them knowing that they have an extremely valuable place at Grove High School. It's pretty exciting. For me personally, I've uh, kind of made a list. I was going to make a list of my you know, your who's who of kids. And so I want to personally reach out to those families. And I literally started just in sixth grade boys, you know, and I came up with about 40 names. And so I just started kind of going down that list. But in in calling, even just my first day calling about 15 families, I had to dial about 60 numbers, you know, and half of those weren't working or, you know, say, can a district like ours, that's, that's the major obstacle is just getting in touch, you know, reaching out to those families um, just to kind of check in and see how they're doing. So that's that's one of the biggest obstacles that we were uh, that we were doing or, or have, we faced. I would say one of the biggest challenges is you know they we we had every one of our teachers call their families to try to find out if they had connectivity uh, and the level of that, whether it was just off a phone or you know, or if they're going to not even sometimes connectivity because some of them have, you know, maybe four kids in the house and the parents are working from home and they have one computer and they all need it. And that's just a, that's just a normal family situation. So we tried to try to get that figured out. Um, but when you have about 20% of our kids, we could just couldn't even get a hold of, you kind of wonder, it's like, are they, are they having issues or are they just not answering? So that was a big struggle and it still kind of is. So we're printing out, we, we put all our stuff on our website. Um, we have one link for um, just for everybody, and then you go into whatever grade level you have, and then we're printing packets out, and then we're handing those out every single day when the lunch pickups are, you know, for for the lunches. And so, if you want to pick up a lunch, you can also get a packet there. But you know, we're trying to not make too many copies, but not also not have enough. And so, that's that's probably been the biggest challenge, especially in just day three of it. And I would just say that uh, I would just be careful with uh, the Zoom meetings. We had a couple of incidents where. Some people got some Zoom logins where uh, some adults came in and said some 
things that were might have been vulgar or whatever. And so we're using the Zoom waiting room now and uh, to make sure that the people coming in our classroom are who we want in there. So that's a that's a concern that we had had and we have addressed uh, actually starting today. So I'd encourage you guys to use that Zoom waiting room. Something that I've noticed through this process is the role of assistant principal. I think we should probably have honorary LPCs <laughs> because of course you know, I know, I know whose kids are struggling with drug addiction. I know who's going through a divorce. I don't, you have that relationship that we all talk that we've front loaded. So a challenge or an obstacle that I'm seeing is truly teacher well-being and teacher mental health and how to support that virtually. I do think I'm kind of creative. We've had some discussions um, with our team and some of my teachers since we've rolled out, this is the first week. I think I'm going to wait a week or two, but I'm going to do an evening Zoom meeting where it's bring your dog to Zoom and everyone can see staff members' faces and their dogs and and that ability to laugh. Um, I ordered postcards for our paras and every day I'm sending out three to five. Just, we miss you we can't wait to see your face again because I do think that all of those personal challenges that our staff and our support staff are facing is now imploding and almost like in a pressure cooker and they don't have us when we are their person, even though we're at work. So that's a challenge that I've seen. Uh, two changes I suggested to my teachers as a result of Monday and Tuesday were one, making sure that you're recording your lessons. I had some student issues and found it very difficult to support teachers with what exactly happened. Um, I found that it was difficult for the teachers to see, for lack of a better way to describe it, you know, what's going on on so many tiles on their screen and know exactly where the problem was. And I think has already been mentioned, you know, some of our friends and some adults out there are not making wise choices with how they engage in these things. So I suggested that they record their lessons and also, if, uh, if you're a Google Apps school, that they use Meet and not Zoom. Um, so it's a little bit more protected um, from outside entities. One thing I found was that um, we were having some problems. We, we put, I told you all last week that we put all our kids in advisory classes, about 16 in the class. And you're supposed to meet with your advisory class through Zoom or call them all. Well, the way we had them divided, there were, there were a couple advisory classes that weren't there wasn't a lot of participation in. So we're going to combine some of those advisory Zoom meetings that we do daily and put them in a bigger group. So hopefully we'll get better participation out of them because we really want to contact every student every day is what we're trying to do um, to provide that social and emotional need, needs that, they, that, that, that those kids are looking for. So we've decided to combine to make some of those smaller classes of advisories where you're meeting bigger. And I think that that'll get more participation. Yeah, uh, those are all great ideas. Uh, we're going to work more. It's going to help us really look and focus in more on, you know, what exactly our kids have at home. Uh, we're looking at with this stimulus money that we're going to get is purchasing more Chromebooks and looking at hotspots and, and connectivity because whenever they go to college, they're going to need those things anyway. So what better way to, you know, help them get used to that? I've got two in college now. And they're doing group projects on Zoom and different things. But I really, you know, it, we think we know our kids. And then you think they've got internet at home, but they don't. And so I think just getting to know our kids and 
you know, I've never, we've never had advisory groups here. We will now. And uh, that'll help us also work through ICAP and some different things, but it's kind of forced us to really look at, like you guys are talking about doing, we have some Google classrooms, some things going on throughout the, the school, but it's not consistent. And so we need to uh, be more consistent. I really think that this is going to be something to help jumpstart that, help our teachers understand that even in, even when we aren't in times like this, that it could be very useful. And uh, everybody that we have that uses Google Classroom absolutely loves it. That's great. I talked with my teachers today that we have all year long, we make these deposits with kids. You know, we, we're depositing with kids and families so that in times like this, where everyone is struggling, there's a lot of withdrawals made and it could turn into a really negative situation. But um, what we're finding is our, our kids and our parents trust us. And I'm hearing that same thing from all of your districts too. And I just think that it's, uh, there's so many things that Oklahoma educators do right. And I think that in this time, you know, that we're just kind of shining right now in a, in a, in a pretty impossible situation. Um, I think everyone's pulling together and really doing a fantastic job. Principal Matters listeners, I hope that conversation with Oklahoma secondary leaders inspires some ideas of things that are being successful for you and obstacles that you're facing and ways that you can stay connected in leading during uncertain times. Thank you again to my Oklahoma leader friends for that feedback. And thank you if you've listened to the end of this week's podcast for the work that you're doing. Thanks for doing what matters. I'll see you next week. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com. 